Welcome to Japan According to Akio. Everything you wanted to know or didn't think you needed to know about Japan. With me, your host, Akio, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Yo, what up, y'all? It's episode 34 of Japan According to Akio.、Um, another great episode. I, I was kind of spitting some fire back to back weeks. I'm feeling proud of that. We, we had a question come in、um, from one of the 6.8 listeners. Super happy about that.、Uh, got into that, talking about、uh, eating out in Japan.、Um, really great question. Um, then I went off on. Oh, yeah, before that, I was talking about baseball for a lot longer than I thought I would be.、Uh, and finally, I went off on、uh, Japanese business culture a bit. I wasn't able to get to the article, but I think I set everything up great for the next episode. I went on a lengthy rant、um, just about Japanese corporate culture and some of the changes going on in Japan.、Um, Hopefully, I didn't sound cynical or anything about it. Like, I really not. You know, but again, just some anecdotal shit that I've heard, like, over the years on the news, on TV,、um, plus from several, several, like, dozens of students and things like that. And, of course, what I've seen with my own eyes. So, just kind of give you a better image of what's going on in Japan and my two cents, my, my one cent or whatever opinion on what I think is coming down the pipeline in the future over the next few years, coming years and decades over this joint. So, give it a listen. Tell me what you think. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Boom, boom, boom. What's up? What's up, y'all? We are back. We are back for episode number 34, Charles Barkley episode. Let me adjust my shit, get it ready. Ready for some heat. All right, we're ready to do this tonight.、Um, it's a late episode, another one for me.、Um, I was babysitting all day, but refreshed,、um, back in it. Feeling good, feeling good.、Um, yeah, I was like busting my ass all week.、Uh, The other day, I'm, I'm you know, working on my other project and stuff like that. So I'm just getting everything organized, planned out.、Um, and I was doing a lot of、uh, yeah, hardcore planning on Friday. So, like,、um, I kind of like if I work too hard or, or like overexert myself mentally, like mainly if I teach too hard or like work and whatever my schedule is too hard, I get like a headache. That's why I know I'm like fatigued or something. So. I had like a really fucked up headache on Friday after, after work. You know, so I took the night off Friday night. Saturday, too, I couldn't shake it. Let us took Saturday, which was yesterday. Saturday night off as well. Watched a movie, just chill, went to bed early. So today I felt better. I babysat, I had the day off babysat and shit like that. You know, didn't do anything.、Um, Today, I was planning on, you know, after、uh, my son went to bed and everything, I was planning on doing something else. But、uh, I just was like a slob, basically. I ate like a whole bag of、uh, Kalinton. Kalinton? Kalinton. I think it's Kalinton. I always forget this little like brown sugar snack that's like really good here.、Um, this crunchy little. They look like turds, basically. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Hold on, I got my computer. Let me.、Um, Make sure I, I can Google it right. Make sure I'm getting it right. I always fuck the name up. One second. k a l i n t o n Yeah. k a l i n t o So in, 
in English letters, it would be K-A-R-I-N-T-O-U. Um, they got like different flavors of them and shit. They look like little turds, but basically, I get the brown sugar ones. Oof, them joints are good. So, um, I have just like a bag of those and just taking it easy tonight because I'm back on the grind tomorrow. So, I was like, let me just record the podcast and um, I'm just going to call it a night after doing that Um, because, yeah, you know, um, tomorrow's another day. Uh, I'll be back on the grind then, so it's better if I just have a few days to rest, you know. Marathon, man, you got boxing, you're going rounds, marathon, you got to recharge, so I'm just kind of on the recharge tip today, uh, last night and tonight. But, of course, I can't, you know, call it a day without giving you the podcast, and we got, I think, a good one for tonight, man. Like, we got some sh- I got some shit for y'all, um... And um, let me start by, you know, giving a shout out to Danielle. Thank you so much. We, we are we are not completely ice cold in these streets, man. It is crazy. Like we actually have. I got a fucking email. Like I was like for questions uh, for Akil. Let me give a shout out now. Um, it's questions for Akil. I'm gonna. I gotta start giving it since someone hit me up. Like, you know, questions. F O R, not the number four. Uh, Akil at gmail.com any questions about japan or anything like that hit me up you know i was completely shocked and you know really motivated actually um if you listen to this danielle thank you so much for um hitting me up thank you for the giving me some advice for the next time i go back to the states and asking a great question which i will get to on the podcast um so she apparently um, just discovered the podcast. We got like 6.8 people listening to the podcast now. We getting them numbers up. <laughs> um, and yeah, she just hit me up and said she just randomly found the podcast. Started binge listening to everything, which I really, really appreciate. You have no idea. Um, you know, let just again, letting, let me know that people are actually listening to this motherfucker. Um and um yeah yeah you know ask a dope question so i'm gonna get to that tonight um but i just first off off the bat i just wanted to say that like i was so like you know i was at work and i just looked at my phone and i was like oh shit like somebody's out there <laughs> you know <laughs> so um that's much appreciated um you know again you can hit me anywhere questions for let me just give my shit right now questions for keel at gmail it's still on my phone i'll get anything you send me right off the break um if you don't want to do that you can dm me or or just leave a comment on my instagram that's a-k-i-l dot w-a-t-s-o-n or twitter i'm still figuring it out so don't even fuck with that like you know i'm trying to do some work relationship i got a bunch of twitter accounts and i still don't know what the fuck i'm doing with them i keep going back and forth um just you know everything twitter is such a moving target with me right now um you know my instagram's pretty set um youtube i had a breakthrough on i wanted to tell y'all i had a breakthrough on youtube what i'm doing um just the work i was doing before on you know my business related stuff gave me some information which i think down the road i'm really it, it just clicked in my mind um down the road i'm gonna be able to use to i think grow this podcast um yeah, but I just have to get through these next weeks and months or just finish basically making this this course, this program that I'm making now. After I finish that, I think I'll have a little bit of extra time to, um, 
invest not too much but just like grow the podcast put more stuff on youtube not so much videos i got one small idea about some quick youtube videos i can do at least once or twice a week um you know upload the pod the audio only from the podcast on youtube and, and you know just some shit like that i think you know it, it's not gonna be too much because um but i think that'll bring a bigger audience you know bring more people all that stuff again in time again um i'll let you i'll keep you posted when i'm able to do it um at the present not right now just because i'm not trying to spread myself too thin again this is like my my side thing my fun thing um the vast majority of my free time and energy is going into my English study related uh, efforts. So just bear with me on that. Of course, the podcast is not going anywhere. My once a week bullshit ass <laughs> Instagram posts are not going anywhere. <laughs> and that's about it. But, you know, if you're here for the audio, um, you know, and down the road, ideally, if you're on fucking listening to this on like YouTube, you know what it is. Just hit me up. Um, it's good. But, um, yeah, so what I'm going to do tonight, what we got in store is, I think, you know, a couple, uh, a topic, excuse me, I was actually, let me tell you, I was actually, the reason why I'm starting so late, because I was like, what the fuck am I going to talk about tonight? Um, nothing, you know, just scrolling through Japan times, nothing really, you know, popped out at me, like Shohei Otani's all over the news um, in Japan, like, you know, he's he's making some waves in the States now, but like... On Japanese TV, that motherfucker is God. Like, there are, like, hour-long specials breaking down his swing and why he's the fucking greatest thing since, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like, it's, it's, that's kind of Japanese people do that, really. Um, I wasn't going to—I was, like, looking around for articles, but I, I'm baseball is not really my thing anyway. Um, I'm not like a huge, huge baseball fan. Like I'll watch the World Series a bit. Going to live baseball games is fun, but um, um, I'm not. I wouldn't consider myself a baseball fan, quote unquote. So you know, I wasn't gonna make. Hold on, like I get a pillow for this thing. Hold on. Um, I wasn't gonna make Shohei Otani um the you know the main topic for the podcast just because like i i don't feel confident talking about that motherfucker for like 15 20 minutes like i really wouldn't know what to say um beyond what i just told you all like you know um but 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 actually i've actually never been to um it kind of pains me to say it like i've never been to a have i ever been to i've never been to a professional sporting event in the states now that i think about it like i've been to fucking and one game i think i went yeah i did go to an and one basketball game when i was in the states one time but i wouldn't count and one as like professional basketball you know <laughs> i don't even know if that's just still around i doubt it but um but yeah so like i yeah i'm, I'm not too like versed on baseball but i will go off for a second before i get to danielle's question um talk about talk about baseball in japan because i have gone to several japanese baseball games and um you know in the past with co-workers um with my wife one time with um one of my friends from college and her current husband you know at the time boyfriend um several years ago like about five years ago now which that game was fucking crazy like that was like probably the best baseball game i've ever seen because, uh, on a side note, because um, when my friend came, long story short, like, we went to this baseball game, 
And I think it was just after like a typhoon had passed or something. Yeah, it was after a typhoon had passed. So like basically after a typhoon passes, the weather it gets it's like super sunny, really humid, and a lot of times still windy. So it was windy as fuck that day, and like it was just like eight or nine home runs in the game. Like it was just crazy because it was so windy. It was an outdoor stadium, and so we're just there like drinking, and you know, of course, before I had my kid, me, my wife. Um, her and uh, her boyfriend at the time, you know, and it's just like literally like three home runs in a row at one point in the game, and we were just sitting there, just like you know, having a blast. So that shit was fun as hell. Um, been to a couple games at the Tokyo Dome and things like that. Um, yeah, Japan, Tokyo has I want to two inside Tokyo has two teams, the Yak. Yakut, Yakut, I can never pronounce it correctly. Yakut, it looks like a yogurt or something like that. Yakut swallows, um, of course, the Tokyo Yomiuri Giants, which, you know, um, if you're kind of familiar with, they're like the super Yankees of Japanese baseball. Um, just outside of Tokyo and Yokohama, we have the Dina. They used to be Yokohama based stars, they're like the Dina based stars. Um, but generally in, in the Tokyo area, there's three baseball teams here. I've, I haven't been to a, a Yokohama, Yokohama Stadium. Never been there, but um, the other two teams I've been to their stadiums. And I had a good-ass time all both times. Like, <laughs> the fun... Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. I have been to Yokohama Stadium. Let me take that back. I did. Yeah, because I remember the Dina played the Hiroshima. I went with some Japanese friends like several years ago. Huh, I have been to all of them. Damn, what do you know? Okay, um, anyway, like, one thing I noticed, like, you know, I've never been to a game in the States, but I kind of know what sporting events are like in America. Um, one thing it is I learned is that, like, Japanese people, when they're their sporting events. Japanese people, Japan is a very group-oriented society. So, like, not only baseball, pretty much any sporting event, there's going to be fucking chants, right? Team chants going on. Um, sometimes, depending on the sport, depending on the team, for the whole fucking game or match. Like, you know, my soccer fan students and Japanese friends, they'll, like, they'll, and if you watch Japanese TV, like, they'll, you know, You'll hear like the chant Nippon, 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 or whatever the fuck they're singing. Like it's you know, which is another way of saying Japan. Japan, um, but you just hear them chanting the whole fucking game and the whole fucking match, like literally, literally the whole fucking time. And it's just like, whoa, you know, like you got official pep squad motherfuckers like who are you know coordinating the songs the fight songs and shit and you know running up and down the stands waving flags and shit like that like it i mean it's, it's a really concerted effort like that's how people get into things but you know as a foreign person and i'm sure um a western american person you know um sporting event and, and cheering as a fan you really do it on an individual level you're not gonna really like I mean, sometimes you'll cheer with other people, but you're going to cheer or enjoy the game in your own individual way, right? Like, you're going to, like, yell at a motherfucker. You're going to, like, boo if you want to. You're going to, like, start cussing and shit. Like, you know, whatever you want to do, you know, like, that's fucking right, bitch. Like, you know, like, if you want to say it, like, it's a home run, a home run, like, that's what you're going to do. Or, like, if there's a touchdown or something, that's what you're going to do. 
And when I went to Japanese baseball games, especially, I realized how much that makes you stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> because, you know, like, I, I, like my first time, I think I went with some coworkers and we went to a baseball game and like, you know, everyone had their coordinated, like, home run scoring celebration songs and dances and shit and like then you just have a group of like you know like eight foreign people just like yelling and screaming and you know just like <laughs> thrusting pelvic thrusting the air and shit <laughs> like yeah like um i i remember like because of course getting drunk Cause like we were on, um, there was a home run or something. When it hit me that, oh yeah, we're doing this different than Japanese people. Was like, you know, they hit a home run and then like the team. I think this was years back. I think it was Yakut, yeah, Yakut. I'll just call it the Swallows. It was the Swallows, and they have like these little. Oh, let me let me Google this shit. Maybe you can Google it too um, to make sure I, I'm I'm talking right. Uh, swallows baseball. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, um, if you let me just let me see a picture, there's a picture and a video as well. Um, let me look, fuck that, let me look at the video, um, to make sure the shit is right. But, like, if you Google. You might be able to hear it in the background. Oh, just fast forward this bullshit. Okay. Come on, come on. Give me a second. Hold on, give me a second. Okay, yeah, you can see it. Okay. <laughs> if you Google um, Swallows Baseball Umbrella, you'll see, like, I don't know the fucking point of it. I don't know the purpose of this shit, but basically, when there's a score or a home run or something, um,. There's the fans have these mini plastic umbrellas and they like I don't know what the fuck it is like they they like pump them up and down in the air and I, I don't know like you know I don't understand the point of it and you just gotta be like that's their celebration and just respect it but um yeah check it out if you want to um you can either see pictures of the tiny ass umbrellas or the if you Google again, Swallows Baseball Umbrella. The first video that pops up is, is a video showing people doing it. And, um, so, like, uh, yeah, everyone, basically all the Japanese people, because we were in the outfield, too, all the Japanese people had those fucking umbrellas, and they're just, like, burp, 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 playing their fight song, like, everyone's singing and chanting, and then we're just, like, Wah! going all crazy and shit. <laughs> and the... You know, the Jumbotron people made the mistake of, like, putting us on the fucking Jumbotron. And so, you know, we were like, when we noticed we were on the Jumbotron, it was just like, you know, humping the air. It was middle fingers. It was just like, that shit didn't last long. They were like, they cut that shit off real fast. <laughs> but, like, but, you know, um, typical shit that you would see in a western you know like an american sporting event but after after that in retrospect i was like oh yeah like 
we're celebrating really differently than how Japanese people do. Because, you know, the people around us were like, what the fuck? <laughs> you, know? you know, I mean, we were still cheering for the Swallows, but we were just doing it in our own. And even in the group, of course, too, you, you know, like doing it in our own individual ways. But Japanese people just like doing stuff together, you know, in general. Like, that's just how shit rolls here. So um, if you go to a sporting event... You know, you're gonna kind of notice that, and you're gonna probably have some moments where you're just like, "What the fuck do I do?" You know, it's best just to sit in silence, <laughs> to be honest with you, because you know, or just try to learn the song, or just like you know, lip sync, pretend, you know, just mumble, you know, just hum along or whatever, and and smile when people look at you. You know, <laughs> that's my advice. Pretend like you know the fuck you're doing and people will, will think you're part of the group. Like, that's it. But, um, ah, that brings back memories. Fond memories. Yeah, Otani's bringing me back to those days. But yeah, um, it's fucking crazy. Otani fever is fucking showtime fever. is fucking crazy here in Japan. Like, no joke. Any sports news is Otani news. Fucking... I flipped on the TV tonight. I was, like, shocked. Like, there was, like, literally a whole news TV special breaking down how Otani changed his swing, how defenses are responding to him. They're respecting his power as a fucking Japanese person because, like, the defense shifts because he hits to the right more, you know. Like, it's just a very Japanese thing. Like, you know, any Japanese person kind of breaking into, like, major leagues, Western sports, Especially baseball, you know, Ichiro's a god over here. He's a fucking god. Like, you have no idea. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'll kind of tell people, like, yeah, Otani's kind of like mid-level news now. It's like, oh, he had a great week. Cool. Can you keep it up? <laughs> you know? Like, that's the major question in sports news in the West. Like, I try to explain that shit to Japanese people, but they really not hearing me. They like, They just look at me like, yeah, okay, whatever, fuck you. Like, <laughs> you know, I kind of shut the fuck up after the few, I had a couple of people just look at me sideways like, yeah, it's fucking Otani, man, let us have it. And I was like, all right, yeah, you got it, man, he's doing great, you know, so. But yeah, hats off to him, I like him. Um, I saw him, you know, I've, I've seen him play since he was a, a rookie here, in, you know, because just in news and stuff like that. Um I forgot, did I see him play in Koshien, which is the summer? If you listen to previous episodes, did I talk about Koshien on the podcast? If you check my Instagram, I, I know I wrote an Instagram post about um, Koshien, which is the summer baseball tournament. Um, yeah, I can't remember if I talked about it on the podcast, but, it, you know, this summer, when the summer rolls around, I'll, I'll probably talk about it again. But, um... What's it called? But yeah, I, I can't remember if I saw him when he played in high school, but I remember him being drafted. You know, the big thing about him pitching and hitting. Um, he went to the Hokkaido something, something. I forgot the name of the fucking team. Um, again, I'm not a huge baseball fan. And um, he um, he won the championship with them, too, actually. Yeah, I, I remember that a few years back, so... Um, so yeah, you know, he's been in the news, he's big shit over here, so it's, all of the Japanese people are going buck wild, they're called, oh, of course, he's Japanese, Babe Ruth, he's Babe Ruth, it's like, you know, he, he had a good week, like, you know, slow down, y'all, but that's Japan, so whatever, 
Alright, um, well, surprisingly, I did talk about fucking baseball for, for damn near 20 minutes. Um, which is cool. Which is cool. You know, you know how the show goes. It's just all over the fucking place anyway. I don't know. But okay, Danielle, let me get, you know, Danielle, you're probably like, what the fuck, man? Why are you forgetting about my shit? Sorry. Sorry, I did not forget about it. I actually did some fucking research for your shit too, man. So, you know, you know, messaging me questions for Akil. No, not the number four. F-O-R. Uh, at gmail.com. Gets you this VIP fucking treatment, man. Um... So basically, Danielle um, asked if there were any, um, you know, how how expats in Japan uh, find restaurants, which is a fucking excellent ass question. Um, <laughs> in general, how, how expats will find restaurants will be by asking by going to them with Japanese people. <laughs> to be honest with you, that's probably the 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 best way like japanese people putting you on to restaurants and just remembering the good ones that you go to is generally how how people find restaurants you know um that's i'd say the number one answer right that's number one number two would be randomly um just because like you know there's fucking restaurants everywhere like japan has uh, especially in tokyo tokyo area you know, um, the food services industry is huge here. Like, you know, uh, the restaurant industry is huge here. Like, you probably heard me talk about, you know, some, some friends, mentors in that industry. And those are the people, this like cowboys here. Like, they, they get the money. Like, it's, that industry is such like a feast or, or famine kind of industry. So you can, you know, it, it, I like it and I like the people in the industry because, you know, it reminds me of America. Like Japanese corporate culture is so much into like the middle, you know, everything being safe, everything being in the middle, everything being like not too hot, not too cold. You know, we're not taking too many risks. We're just keeping everything going. But the them those motherfucking like um, food services people, like the people who are really gunning for it, they go hard, man. Like you know, because you can you can get fucking rich, you know, and you can go fucking poor in that industry like really fast. Like if you know what the fuck you're doing, if you don't know what the fuck you're doing, um, I've heard stories, I've I've read, and I've met people who've done both. You know, um, being blessed to kind of associate with some of those people, and. You know, again, like they've kind of helped me, inspired me quite a bit. And um, just being every time I hang around them, I just soak up game. That's all I'm doing. Is, I mean, of course, they get me fucking wasted. But, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, because they're fucking wild. But but um, that's not why I like hanging out with them, you know, because, you know, I, I drink a lot when I drink. But like when I'm in the house and shit like that, I don't even really drink like that. Um, but just, yeah, like so those people really kind of. Uh, showed me a lot about that industry and things like that. And one thing I, you you notice is because Japan, um, I got totally I got totally lost here. Yeah. If you notice, I just rambled for the past like fifteen seconds. But anyway, let me get back on topic. Um, historically, Japan has like a you know uh, restaurant culture. Um, so um, food services and things like that are really really big here and they're just like especially in the tokyo area there's just like a massive amount of restaurants everywhere you go you have no fucking idea like you know 
in America, you can ride around and be like, oh, where am I going to go eat? Hmm, hmm, where's a restaurant? You can fall ass backwards into a restaurant here with your eyes closed, you know, and your pants down at your ankles. Like, it's really, like, a no-brainer. It's not, like, what I want to eat. It's, you know, finding um, quality places. I mean, well, I mean, for me, personally, like... The quality of food in Japan is so... It, it, let me stay focused on Tokyo. I, I can talk about Osaka and stuff too. But it's, I think every major city... Let me say every major city that I've been to is the same thing. Um, I, you know, I don't really spend that much time in small towns. So I can't really talk about it. But like in the Tokyo metropolitan area. Let's say the Osaka metropolitan area. Um, fucking Fukuoka as well I'll, I'll put that my stamp on that too there's just like a massive amount of food places and like you can literally just be like okay exit the station look around and point to one you know um whatever the fuck you want to eat and it's probably going to be good to be honest with you like um for me personally yeah it, it's literally like i'll just go randomly and, and we, we just judge by the area and like a place that kind of looks kind of cool but nothing on the main road it'll be something on the side street definitely like um stuff on side streets is generally going to be better anything you can see from like the, right in front of the station or right you know on a main road probably isn't the best shit you know um but if you just literally a area with a lot of restaurants if you just go on some random ass side street walk your ass around somewhere you'll find an interesting looking izakaya that probably has a lot better food than the other places because i mean that's how it is like here if you think about it the places that are on the main roads have to be on there because the quality of the food isn't that good but like a place that's hidden everyone knows about everyone knows about that place so they don't have to advertise because everyone just knows where it is so they go there like you know and so they get all the business anyway that's kind of how shit goes so the dope shit is kind of hidden and the, the shit that's like not as good is the shit that's like obvious so you know um but 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 which really doesn't really answer your question i mean so so yeah, so for me, like all of the the, you know, I, 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 the past several years again, I have not really gone out that much. So my repertoire of restaurants has kind of gone down just because, like, you know, I I just don't eat out that much anymore. Um, but but the when I was like out and about quite a bit, it would literally be like you know you go to an event, a dinner party, or or having drinks with some people, or whatever. They, you know, Japanese people are generally going to organize or who are involved or the person involved, whatever, because you're going with a group of people, the person involved, they'll go to a restaurant. It's like, oh, shit, this is nice. You remember it, you know, put it in your little memory bank. So the more you kind of go out, like one of my um, friends who has to hang out with quite a bit, you know, um, he knows like a shit ton of restaurants because he's always, he, even today, he's still goes out a lot so he just knows like a shit ton of restaurants you know because you know he'll go if he goes on a date or he goes out you know for a drinking party or he goes like you know or you're just getting constantly put on to different stuff in that area so then if you hang out in that same area quite a bit you'll just end up knowing like 20 20 restaurants that are good in that er area and you'll know like a good yakitori place you'll get another good sushi place you'll know the good yakiniku place you'll know the good you know and so like it kind of works like that it's just like 
experience. You know, I, I rarely go to a restaurant that I would say is bad here. Like, hmm. I tell a joke, like, I've only been to one literally bad ramen place, like, where I was like, this is terrible. And only once in my time here. Um, besides that, everything else will just be like, eh, it's alright, you know, um, and not, not so, not, like, memorable kind of shit, um, is, is kind of, the, I think, the definition of, like, a bad place here, you know, because, again, the average, the quality is just so high, like, um, compared to, like, whatever, everything else, like, in the West, so, not everything else, but in general, like, quote-unquote Japanese food or sushi, whatever the fuck you want to call it, it's just high quality, so, you know, the standards for Japanese people, especially with food and eating out, are so high, um, like, I remember the, the same friend, and you know, who we went to that crazy baseball game with, that same trip, the first night we went out, um, again, that was, Towards the tail end of my time being out and about in in Tokyo eating out and stuff, and um, we just went to Ebis um, at that time. The first night here, yeah, check, I went to check them into their hotel. We just went out to Ebis for like dinner, and I think I picked a, again a random izakaya um, that just looked nice um, for some food, and you know, the food was good. And like we ordered sake. <laughs> they were like, yeah, let's do sake bombs. And I was like, we don't do that here. <laughs> and they were like, no, come on, get the chopsticks. We need to bang on the table, get the beers. And I was like, we don't do that here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and they were like, what? No sake bombs? What the fuck? And they were like really kind of confused for a second. And I was just like, just trust me, just fucking sip it and drink it and enjoy it. And so the sake came and they drank it and they they just were like quiet for like about one or two minutes and they were like, "This is really good," you know. And I was like, "Yeah," like you know the whole point of like you know I've never ha- I don't even, I've never had like sake bombs in um like a quote unquote izakaya in or Japanese style restaurant in America. I've seen YouTube videos of it and I've shown it to students and they're just like, what the fuck is that? Um, and you know, I would, I imagine that the reason why they, people drink it like that is because the sake is so cheap and so bad, low quality that it, you know, dunking it in beer and pounding it is just masks the flavor of it, you know, but generally like good quality sake here is fucking really good and like you know it's really smooth and really easy to drink and it has a lot of flavor to it so it's something that you're gonna like sip on and really enjoy you're not just gonna be like pounding that shit like i mean i have pounded good quality sake but you know generally speaking like i'm I'm gonna take my time with it you know i'm gonna like savor that motherfucker i'm not gonna like you know drown it in fucking like beer and, and and guzzle it you know it just doesn't work like that so when you come here, no sake bombs, no pounding on the fucking table. Like, you know, um, again, I'm only answering part. Uh, Danielle, I told you, I'm giving you a question. The, the VIP treatment, um, that's part of it. Um, for, for again, how me as a foreign expat, quote unquote, or foreign person. Time out. By the way, I'm giving a lot of shit. In, in my immediate circle, generally, I don't cons- I don't call myself an expat, right? Um, I'll, call, I'll call myself a foreigner. Like the word expat for me in my immediate circle gets thrown around for more people who come here on um, 
expat packages, meaning like via their company or things like that, who have like a really cushy job, quote unquote cushy, however you want to call it cushy. But, you know, um, benef- great benefits package, you know, live in like a really expensive area because um, their company will pay for their living expenses quite a bit. Like some packages are like ten th- maximum 10000 dollars a month spent on accommodations things like that and you know they're just hanging out in Rapungi, like drinking and, and, and smoking cigars and like you know um just pick, picking up chicks like you know like that's my image of them like you know before the lehman shock it's called the lehman shock over here um the lehman brothers collapse happened there were just a huge amount of like foreign bankers in Rapungi, which is like kind of the party area you know it's kind of dying now um because i think tokyo's transitioning out of that shit that's a whole nother story i'm not gonna get into it trust me but um i might have gotten into it before but i can't remember but i'm not gonna get into it now but anyway like before that time like 2007 there was just like so many foreign dudes like you know with big bellies and and dress shirts smoking cigars you know because they were just making money um and um you know there were like 30 something year old uh drunk women around them like you know trying to get married to someone you know with a cushy job after 2008 all the motherfuckers disappeared i don't know where the fuck they went they were just gone you know so all that shit dried up but um um why the fuck am i talking about this i completely forgot <laughs> oh expat <laughs> yeah so those type of people you know not only those kind of like asshole type dudes but just generally i i reserve it for someone who's kind of brought over here by their company um you know like me english teachers regular people things like just doing the thing i just foreign people living in tokyo um Technically, I am an expat, but I just don't consider myself that, if it, if it makes sense. Just like the word fluent, fluent in Japanese as well, um, is another word that kind of gets muddled a bit here. Like, um, you know, technically speaking, I am fluent in Japanese, but um, over here, uh, fluent is kind of more reserved for, um, like, above business level Japanese and one level Japanese, you know, being able to... Um, yeah, like kind of business level and above, like you know, close closer to native level ability is like the highest level of. Okay, let me put it like this: the highest level of categorization of Japanese ability would be said to be fluent, or you know, in Japanese. So it kind of just the classifications get a little bit muddled when you live over here, you know. Um, so like, I don't call myself fluent in, you know, in Japanese, but whenever I talk to like my sister or something, she's like, you're fluent in Japanese. I'm like, Oh yeah, I am technically speaking, but we just don't call ourselves that. Um, so anyway, anyway, that's that. So how do, uh, yeah. Expats finding, uh, restaurants over here is quite different from how Japanese people do. Now, the main point that I was trying to get to, um, is, wow, we're doing fucking excellent on time, y'all. I'm really surprised at this. Thank you, Danielle. Um, see what happens when you send me fucking questions, man. We get longer fucking podcasts. This is how this shit goes down. (laughs) That's me getting gangster with y'all for a second. (laughs) Okay, no. Um, anyway, um, Tabelog is the is T A B E L O G. Tabelog is the main way Japanese people find restaurants, right? It's 
just kind of like the fucking... I don't know, it's like the Google of fucking rest- Japanese restaurants, I guess. Now, there's, um, I use it as well. Like, uh, you, you gotta be able to speak Jap, read Japanese, and of course, speak Japanese to make an appointment to use it quite effectively. Um, but basically, it's just like a huge database of pretty much almost every, every restaurant in Japan is gonna be on, uh, Tabelog, pretty much. Any restaurant that, like, gives a fuck about getting customers is gonna, gonna be on Tabelog. Um, they have, you know, ratings, they have reviews, it's, it's fucking huge. But the one, the thing about Japan though is like, you know, it's its own little ecosystem really, so, um, that's why like outside companies and businesses, I think I've talked about that before, like kind of sometimes have a difficulty entering Japan because the rules, the systems, everything are so different. Like even me as well, like with my shit, like trying to figure out how I'm gonna like do my thing on social media or, or push my business and products via social media. I'm still figuring, that's why at Twitter, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I, Cause I'm still trying to feel it out because like the recommendations and rules and things like that for outside Japan don't really work as well inside Japan for a lot of different reasons because Japanese people are so Japan is so special, such a specialized place. And what happens is like a lot of these specialized services and apps and things like that develop here. Like Line, I think I've talked to you about Line before, you know, is the main you know, message the the dominant messenger app here and pretty much only here and I think maybe I saw on T V Thailand maybe as well uses it. But mainly Japan and that's about it, you know. Um Tabelog is another thing. Completely saturated in Japan. Nobody knows what the fuck it is outside Japan. Um and yeah, it's just one of those services that really rates and registers like restaurants and things like that. So if I wanna find something, I'll go on Tabelog. Now they do have, and I pulled it up. They do have an English website, um, but it is very basically a completely scaled down version of the Japanese one. I'll just warn you and tell you that I just searched. I took some time to search around it before here, and it definitely is a completely scaled down version. My guess is um, you're getting all of the restaurants that actually would like to cater to foreign people just a complete blind guess by, by me but just from the looks of it i would i would imagine that's what's going on people you know um restaurants and things like that that can accommodate non-japanese people are the ones that, that you're gonna have here but which means generally that's not gonna be the best of the best right because the best of the best shit is really doesn't give a fuck about foreign people <laughs> you know so that's that's Danielle like that would be my best bet for you go to Tabelog the English website search around and um, you might be able to find some shit that's interesting if if you have some Japanese skills or a Japanese friend that you're planning a night out with then just go on Tabelog with them ask them to go on Tabelog the Japanese version and then you'll get like a completely you'll be like holy fuck there's a lot more shit on here you know um the the complete listing of different places and things like that and you can kind of go through it with them and really find some good shit so that's probably uh, to answer your question that's that's what I would recommend, and that's how it really goes down, generally speaking, you know, just for foreign people living here, learning through osmosis, and um, for Japanese people, Tabelog is the place to go, it's the place to be, that's how, me me too, like, uh, you know, either, yeah, like, either I'll ask my wife if she knows somewhere good, or I'll just 
you know, pretend I'm thinking about a place until she searches Tabelog for me. <laughs> you know, if we're planning somewhere to go. Um, or I'll just jump on there and fish around. But generally, my sense of restaurants is not going to be as good as a Japanese person. So it's just, you know, I've, when I've, every time I've kind of picked a place, Japanese people look at it like, eh, okay, whatever, you know. So if I can't avoid it, like unless it's an established place that I've been to before, I know it's good. I know the Japanese people like it. I'll generally just defer to a Japanese friend. And so that's what I suggest you do as well. Mm, cool. All right, man, we are on 40 something minutes and don't we're not done. We are not done, motherfuckers. We got more. We got more. Um, wow. Like. I'm actually wondering how I'm going to do this because, yeah, um, that went. I mean, that went, that first part went really, really well, and we had so much other shit. We got. I got a whole other topic for you. Hmm. Damn. I'm probably gonna be up late putting this shit up online anyway. Um, but I'm gonna give you guys a little bit more. Um, might not give you the whole thing, but. Oh, fuck, yeah, because this is kind of a deep topic. I'm, I got to recline. You might hear my voice change a little bit because I got to, you know, get low. I got to get uh, horizontal for this because, you know, it's past midnight now. And um, we're 40-something minutes deep into the podcast, so I got to adjust and get a little bit more comfortable. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. This shit's falling all over the place. Okay, um, get a little bit more comfortable so that I can keep talking. But, um, so... If you, you know, I think um, maybe a couple of episodes ago, you heard me talk about um, uh, new, you know, April, new employees coming in and things like that. And there's really like a power shift going on in Japan where younger employees are really like stepping up their demands on, you know, um, their rights and, 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 and wanting to, to, to fucking go home early and not wanting to the company to be their complete life and all this shit right now on this issue is a really touchy issue and you know on the surface you might be like damn right that's good like you know fuck that especially if you hear um some of the as a western person if you hear what japanese corporate the corporate world is like you know you might be like yeah stand up for your fucking rights you guys and all this shit this kind of two sides to that story of course is you know there's three sides to everything you know i I believe that your side my side the truth there's three sides to everything and um yeah this this is another this is another issue that has several sides to it because um and a conversation i had with a student on friday night really kind of brought that to light and which is made me think about the topic i want to bring to y'all um Basically, my student the other night, we, you know, we were kind of talking about it, and he and he was he 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 for the made me think about the other side of all these kind of young, you know, this power shift that's really going on. Um, you know, according to him, it kind of makes sense too. There was an incident that happened, I think, last year or two years ago. Long story short, a, a you know, a cute girl. Working for this really big advertising company, 
was complaining about overworking and she committed suicide basically tragic situation but she committed suicide um there's a lot of other details about the story that you know i've heard from different sources i'm not gonna get into it here but i'm just gonna leave that that there you know the main media story is that you know she committed suicide because she was overworked um i don't know what the fuck the truth is again three sides to it i don't know but um, after that, the government really started pushing for reduction in uh, overwork and hours and things like that, work-life balance, all that shit. I don't really know if that's really going to, how much of an impact that's going to have, you know, because Japan has really, really, really deep ingrained, like, work hard, work, not even working hard, working long hours culture. It's not so much about, like, hard work, it's just, like, long hours, like, it's fucking crazy. But, um... My student on Friday kind of, you know, and so like young people now, they're just like, fuck it, you know, fuck that. We ain't doing that shit. And especially it's interesting because what what's happening is um, now that, you know, Japan's population is decreasing, which in in the labor force is, is another way where that's really showing its head. So you might hear like japan's unemployment rate is so low and it is low actually it's, it's, it's especially compared to the west like it, it definitely is low but it, you know if you you might hear on the news it's getting lower and lower and lower um the unemployment rate is getting lower and lower and lower and you might think that's because the economy is doing so well but actually what's happening um, another really important contributing factor to that is that the number of applicants is getting smaller and smaller so of desirable applicants for companies right so the pool of people and i've seen several news stories about it is you know becoming a bigger issue that the pool of the pool of, of really good applicants is getting smaller and smaller so some companies have to kind of so the power has kind of shifted more from um company from the companies choosing who they want to the applicant choosing a company that they want to work for because they have so many options right um especially if you go to a decent school or a good school or you whatever the fuck reason you know if you if you got some good shit going on for you and you're a desirable applicant you're not like a fucking i don't know whatever i don't know what they're looking for but if you're not like a fuck up or whatever like you know um you've got options you know and so to deal with that companies have to raise their working conditions so it's, it's a power shift going on actually in, in behind the scenes in japanese companies where new employees come enter companies without the expectation like i gotta bust my ass for this company they're like i ain't doing i ain't really gotta do that shit and and you guys you know don't have to fucking make me do this shit because you know duh, duh, duh. so there's a lot of pushback going on with like this generation now and that's probably going to continue more and more and more but like this generation of Japanese young Japanese kids in general is a lot softer than um, people before them, right? They've grown up in this kind of stagnant economy for the past twenty years. There's been stagflation in Japan for like, you know, fucking oh shit, almost thirty years. Fuck, like you know, since like nineteen ninety. You know, the economy was flat only like the past few years, like after like Abenomics and all that shit happened where the economy's really kind of gone, you know, boom back up. But like for like literally there's just been stagflation in Japan for like 20 fucking years, like deflation, stagflation, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And um, so that generation of people really, you know, 
they they're not big spenders they just want to have like a simple life make some make a little bit of money have some simple pleasures and that's the fucking it you know it's kind of the general consensus of that that generation and they're not trying to work so hard they're trying to like you know have benefits and and, and quality of life over like ambition and working hard and dedicating themselves to a company so um what my student told me is like basically um you know um what's happened like you know i've heard a lot about that you know younger people demanding things more not even demanding requesting or you know not really putting up or following the 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 norm right but what he told me is you know from his side the older people in the company are kind of in a bit of a pickle right now because they got the government kind of on their neck a little bit like yo don't fuck it up with these young people like yo because basically that big company where that uh girl committed suicide they got hit with like sanctions and a whole bunch of shit like i don't i I forgot what details about what happened but they got hit hard by the government and um but with penalties and shit like that Mm. Mm. i bet some water and um and so, like, companies are really, large companies are really scared of, like, having that happen to them. So, you know, um, it's kind of like young people are, like, that scrawny kid who's friends with the big bully, right, who's, like, the government. So the government's got their back. So they're empowered to speak up and say whatever the fuck they want. Um, so what's going on is, like, now in, like, companies and whatever... He was telling me like, yeah, like, you know, we kind of don't really know how to handle them that much. You know, the new people in their company, because like he was basically like, you know, their hands are kind of tied because like, you know, if they criticize young people or, you know, because because back up, because, you know, when new freshmen or new recruits come into a company, they're kind of unlike the West where you're kind of expected to have some skills that a company can use you know, and, and, and jump right in and get shit popping over here. Like they don't, they expect you to be a blank slate, you know, especially larger companies. They want a blank slate that they can mold in their company system. Right. It's completely opposite of the West. Right. So he's like, when, when, when freshmen come in, like they, you know, freshmen meaning new employees, they don't expect them to do shit. They they teach them to do everything, but the part he was saying. But the thing is, though, that you know they they're encountering problems with the younger people because they are not able to criticize them or you know get them to work harder or whatever. You know they're just like boom, you know time clock in clock out. We're getting the fuck out of here. And any criticisms that they have, you know the they're they're under the threat of being accused of harassing them power harassment which is kind of what i wanted to talk about um which i'm probably going to have to just for time we're getting close to an hour i think we're going to do this in two parts just just because um this is uh i got uh i found a really interesting uh poster slash article um from several years ago i used it in a few lessons with myself as well and there are a few different slogans breaking down power harassment and things like that that i think will be interesting but it'll take me like a while to get through it and um like we're almost an hour in already so i think it's better if i'm gonna chop this up into two parts you know we had a bunch of stuff already um and you know i think i've set up 
given background information enough where next time we can kind of go into it in a bit more detail. I'm not done yet. I'm going to kind of go into explaining what my, what my students said a bit more and then we'll end it there. And next week we'll pick up with that article. But, um, but yeah, so, so pretty much it's kind of interesting that like now, you know, companies and in, 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 in the higher ups are kind of like have to be like really, really delicate on how like they have to deal with like, you know, training and criticizing and, and, you know, giving feedback and constructive criticism and things like that, because they could be accused of like bullying or power harassing these new employees very quickly if they say anything negative. So like, they're just like, how the fuck do we talk to these guys? You know? So, um, you know, he was like, he was joking, but he was kind of half serious. Like, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about like my pension. Like, you know, he's in his like forties, but he's like, Oh, what's going to happen when I retire to my company? You know, because you got these motherfuckers that are going to be running it. And like, they're, not really like hungry or ambitious to like take things over they just want to like get their paycheck and then like go to a fucking go on vacation or just like do whatever the fuck they want to do you know um and which is an interesting dynamic of how japan's changing and i mean i i see it as well uh and i think shit like that is what makes you know only my fucking theory you know um one of the things I think is going to make Japan, uh, I want to say Japan's economy break in the future, um, at some point in the future, is going to be one of the contributing factors that's going to make Japan's economy break. And um, personally, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that time when, when everything, the establishment, everything just kind of like falls apart, is broken completely apart here. And that's kind of what it in my mind is what it takes for real change and progress to happen in Japan. Like Japanese people don't really do change unless it's like brutally necessary, you know? And so like right now you had like this long establishment, like working style, company, corporate structure, like, you know, hiring and firing and like, you know, lack of firing, if you will, like, you know, zombie companies, zombie banking, like it's just so much dead weight in this country and so many huge organizations and systems that are redundant. And you all know how many times I hear people say like, yeah, we have whole departments and we don't know what the fuck they do. We have like whole groups of staff and we don't know what the fuck they do on a daily basis. You know, they're just there and we can't fire them. We can't get rid of them. And, you know, like companies and organizations and just like so much wasted effort effort and bullshit ass reports and so you know just antiquated systems that are really just completely you know um time wasters in my opinion as a, as a foreign person i mean again japan has a really specialized way of doing things but you if you've kind of listened to this podcast you kind of know that like that way of japan's really resistant to change and she kind of sticks to what they, it knows so even though like progress and change and, and those kind of the world is moving a lot faster japan really is dragging its feet and will continue to drag its feet until it's absolutely necessary and i think some kind of cataclysmic economic event is what is going to be necessary for like huge companies huge to go bankrupt you know, to kind of fall similar to like how Toshiba's going through. I think there's going to be more and more of those happening in the future. And as those happen, then the cracks, the the opportunities for entrepreneurs, for smaller companies to rise, for innovation to happen. You know, those companies that don't have the dead weight of like huge employees and like you know the escalator system and seniority. You know, really ruling. 
um, the the company structure because that's what happens now, right? You got like big companies where like everything's based on seniority. It's not based on like you know ability so much, and and like you know you have people who are like, I mean, just I mean, you know, again, I, I'm sorry, I'm criticizing from the outside, but it's kind of just my opinion. It doesn't really make much sense in today's world to me. Um, you know, like that, like you uh, you know, people are. You know, because you might not know any of this information, so that's why I'm kind of sharing it with you. I'm not really complaining so much because, again, I'm not in that structure. I don't want to be in that structure. I'm trying to make my own shit. But um, but just sharing this with you so that you can kind of get a picture of what I'm talking about. That, um, you know, a lot of times, like, in larger companies, people are shifted to completely different unrelated departments that they have no experience with on a regular basis. Like, you know, so you'll have someone who does sales and then, like, they'll put them in accounting, you know, or they'll put them in, they'll put, like, um, someone who's an engineer, they'll put them in sales, or they'll put them in fucking, you know, um, I don't know, PR, or whatever the fuck you want to do, any random-ass place, like, they'll just put them in because they want generalists, they don't want people who are specialists, you know, and of course you might think, like, in the West, at least as far as I know, like, you would think if you want to really grow your company, you want to have a team of specialists who are really good at what the fuck that they do so that you can get maximize maximize their output if you have every sector maximizing their output the company maximizes its, its output but traditionally like japan doesn't really think like that they want people who are going to be along for the long term and who understand the whole company and the whole company structure and they want a cog that they can kind of just put in wherever they want wherever they can and that's going to keep the wheels turning not necessarily get the shit burned into overdrive right like that's kind of how shit goes but this newer generation is really fucking up that system and you know a lot of things are coming down the pipeline as you know i think after the olympics is when this shit's really going to start hitting um so that's why i'm just that's why i'm busting my ass trying to get this shit together for for me my family and for our future and everything you know um and yeah just pray for me hope i can do it and get it right y'all um that there's a little bit of window into what i'm dealing with you know i kind of that seeing into the future um but but i i i I might have talked about it here as well like i'm completely optimistic about that like i'm not pessimistic at all because again just like dinosaurs have to fucking die for like you know the other creatures the other wildlife to thrive and that's how i kind of think about it like that you know innovative startup kind of culture in japan is not here at all that small business kind of culture like small businesses if in hiring have a lot of trouble attracting people because they don't have those big kind of images like so even small small and mid-sized companies as well are struggling even more they have to come up with so i see so many news stories and things about how these crazy ass ways like mid-sized companies have to like try to attract um new new hires because you know like everyone the people who the young people like they got so many choices and options they just want to go with somewhere big like you know and that's what it is so you know again like all that is not really a recipe for me looking at them like you this is not a recipe for you know uh an economic boom in the long term <laughs> you know um but you know we'll see what happens um yeah but um but 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 just to wrap up and put a bow on it on this episode like because this is our which i'm pretty fucking proud of myself with um 
that conversation I had on Friday really goes back, you know, goes back to the conversation on power harassment. And in the next episode, what we're going to do is go a little bit deeper into what power harassment is. I found this poster in his English, in his translation of the poster, which gives two for nine examples of power harassment in Japanese companies. And I can give you some, my take, my breakdown from what I've heard, from what I've seen um, of that the significance of those type of things. And, 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 you know, give you a peep inside of uh, Japanese corporate structure a little bit. So that's kind of how I'm going to do things. Again, like we, we, we hit an hour, which I'm really pretty impressed about. Um, Danielle, thanks again for the question. Um, if you too want to contribute to this wonderful, wonderful, I guess, okay, <laughs> podcast, um, questions for for akil akil at gmail.com or hit me up at instagram akil akil dot watson uh yeah those are i think the best two places you can either dm me or you can just um hit me straight up you know anything you want to know about japan i'm here to help y'all um the best way i can uh and of course entertain the best way i can hopefully i'm doing a okay job about it and remember like i said give me some fucking stars give me some comments give me some likes give me some something let me know what you think um you know give me some poo poo emojis if, if i suck <laughs> whatever you want to do but um yeah 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 all right let me leave that here let me leave that there i think you know these past, last week's podcast and this week's podcast i'm pretty feeling pretty good about so thanks for listening thanks for listening as always y'all have a great week um do it big Hope everything's love with you guys. Everything's good with me. I'm back on track, feeling recharged, re-energized. I'm ready to hit it for tomorrow. Now I got to go put this shit online before I go to sleep. All right, y'all. Talk to you soon. Peace.